Many individuals try to find success on a daily basis. But what defines this success? Where does it come from? When you find a passion in your life and pursue this passion, everything can come together to form success. This is Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. Our guests will motivate you to take the next step to your success. Now, here's your host, David Wallach. Good morning, y'all. I'm glad to be back uh, with our weekly show, Taking Care of Business. Uh, today, for a change, uh, I'm broadcasting live from our uh, Voice America studios in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, my guest this morning, this wonderful Arizona morning, is Jonathan Rosenberg, co-founder, managing partner, and designated broker of Levros Commercial Real Estate. Jonathan is also the co-owner of Mode Commercial Property Management. We'll talk about their business in a few minutes. John has been active in the commercial real estate arena for about 25 years. 25 years, yeah. yeah. You started when you were 10, more or less? <laughs> no, 12. <laughs> Starting in Tucson and then later after relocating to Scottsdale, he continued his real estate career. Jonathan gained experience as a senior property manager, as well as leasing and a, so- and a sales associate with several real estate companies. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Great. Good. Thanks. Thanks for being with us. Um, in 1992, uh, Bob Levine and Jonathan founded Levros Commercial Real Estate, handling commercial real estate brokerage services such as leasing and sales in the greater Phoenix area. Uh, later on, Bob, Patty, and you founded Mode Commercial Property Management, and I just found out that was in about 2006, about 11 or 12 years ago. That's correct, yeah. Uh, John is a very active member in the community where he lives and, and works. Um, before I mention your credentials and, and affiliation, I would like to kind of mention that you were recently re- recognized by uh, Ezra or AZRE, which I guess is uh, Arizona Real Estate uh, Magazine, as one of the top people to know in commercial real estate. Yeah, they must have set the bar very low, but yeah, yes. Yeah, well, so. <laughs> but uh, hey, at least I can say I know one of the top guys That's in commercial right. real estate right. in the Phoenix area. Yeah. Um, in 2016, uh, you were featured on PBS TV show Arizona Horizons, mm-hmm. uh, and you're also a regular uh, guest on KFNN Radio, and uh, you're being interviewed by Globe Street, Phoenix Business Journal, and Arizona Republic. So this is going to be a walk in the park for you because you are such a <laughs> you, media. You would, you would think so. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, maybe but, we but should probably not. Maybe we should, uh, <laughs> you know, change chairs. <laughs> uh, you have way more experience with the media than I think I have. Um, but I'll I'll try to make you sweat a little okay, bit. Okay. <laughs> um, about your credential, John is a member of the Scottsdale Chamber of Commerce. Uh, sits on the board of the Arizona Chapter for Entrepreneurs Organization, which is known also worldwide as EO and as well as a board member of the Jewish Federation of Greater Phoenix. Um, I I had to pause here and ask you why, because I'm Jewish as well. So why do you have your headache with with the Federation? (laughs) One one more thing that I didn't... You can plead the fifth on this one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, one more thing I didn't say no to. (laughs) I see. Uh, He's also original vice president, Western Region for TCN Worldwide, uh, real estate for, uh, services. John is married to Debbie and is a proud father of two girls, wonderful daughters that I met one of them, mm-hmm. Danny and Jesse. Jesse. Uh-huh. Um, so, John, you know, usually we go, our, our program is built such that we first, you know, it's all nice, but who are you? We want to know who are you, where you came from. So, you are not born and bred in, in, in Phoenix. No, I was born in New York, actually. My family uh, goes back a few generations, New York. 
Uh, we moved here when I was 11 years old. So we, my whole family, my dad threw us in the back of a car and we ventured out west and uh, have been here ever since. So any, you still have any childhood memories from the New York time? A little bit, a little bit. I still have some relatives back there. Um, you know, we're in New York, which? We're in Westchester, which is uh, about 40 minutes outside of Manhattan. So, uh, um, but yeah, some of my memories, my father, uh, you know, worked in Manhattan. He actually worked at, at offices in the Trade Center for several years. And we would go in uh, to see shows and baseball games and football games and back home and Which brings me, leads me to the next question. You know, when someone moves at age 11, he already has some identity on the sports teams that he uh, is kind of a fan of. And then you move like a few thousand miles into a different world right. almost. Uh, I, I guess that uh, 40 years ago, Phoenix wasn't as big and, and vibrant as today. And um, so are you a Giants, a Jets, or a Cardinals fan? Right. Not quite 40 years ago you're aging me. But yeah. but, uh, um, so I was a Mets fan, and I was a Knicks fan, and I was a Jets fan. Okay. Um, we moved out here. There was no uh, football. There was, there, there was no uh, baseball yet. So um, what I had here... What I had here was uh, uh, the Phoenix Suns. So I became a, a fast Phoenix Suns fan. Uh, eventually, we got Diamondbacks, we got Cardinals, and those became my teams. I see. Yeah. Um, so you switched from the Jets to the Cardinals. That, yeah, it was pretty easy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bad to bad, but the Cardinals have been a lot better lately. So oh, good. I see. Perfect. Um, so uh, any difference in memories from the New York childhood to the uh, Phoenix childhood? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, being here, uh, kind of growing up here, I have more recent memories. And... Uh, Uh, you know, it's just a different place. When we first moved here, this was really kind of a still a growing town, um, a growing city, and it was much smaller. New York was you know, really overwhelming, um, if, you, if you think about it. But, uh, you know, the, the, probably the bigger difference here is I had a lot of family there, and I didn't have as much family. I here. see. And uh, growing up in uh, where there, uh, either place, uh, what kind of kid were you? You were kind of... Uh, Outdoor playing or a, or a boot a, geek or... I was a perfect child. Yes, now, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, very outdoor. Very, very outdoor. outdoorsy? Yes, yes. Yeah. Enjoyed, What uh, was your favorite sport to, deal as a, to play as a kid? I was uh, basketball. Basketball? Bas believe it or not, yes. I'm, I'm not as tall as you, but uh, basketball was my favorite sport. So I guess you're a, a point guard, not a that, center? I was, uh, that's right. I could <laughs> shoot great. Uh, <laughs> I see. Um, we're, we're going to the whole show is about entrepreneurship so anyone in your family like parents or siblings older siblings that are entrepreneurs or you're They're the only really one? not I really kind of am my uh, my father um, you know was involved in some big businesses over the years where he was uh, pretty entrepreneurial but um, I you know he would have described himself as a failed entrepreneur um, a few times over and uh, you know I watched his successes but I also watched him Uh, fail. One of the mm -hmm. reasons we moved here from New York was because of that. He uh, uh, he had failed uh, in business, and we were at the point that they uh, they needed to just set up shop, truck, you know, start, start, start yeah. something different, and and uh, it was go west, young man. So that's what we did. I see. Yeah. And uh, you don't have regrets that uh, you came here. I didn't have a choice back then, but uh, <laughs> but now you have. But now choices. in hindsight, it, it was it was a good move. 
I see. Well, going back to uh, sports, did you play any sports like in a team or something in school or community as a, as a uh, yeah a yeah you know a little softball, little um, basketball, uh, uh, baseball. You know, uh, mostly leagues and, and things like that. And uh, after uh, you know in, in, intramural and things like that. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was uh, my primary. Throughout high school, I couldn't. I I actually uh, worked. So I started working when I was 15 years old and. I've been working ever since. So share with us, what did you do? Uh, you name it. Dishwasher, busboy, waiter, barback, uh, deliver newspapers, uh, anything, anything. Um, I was uh, always trying to figure out another way to, to make, make a, a buck? few dollars. Make yeah. a buck, yeah. I see. Uh, did it impact your uh, curriculum, uh, your studies? The extracurriculum, let's call it extracurriculum? No, actually, um, it probably helped me. Oh, um, that's I, interesting. I was pretty organized when to come back and study, and I was pretty pretty straight A throughout high school. And um, college changed it a little bit because I discovered parties. <laughs> but, uh, so uh, you graduate uh, high school, and uh, which college did you go to? I went to uh, University of Arizona down in uh, Tucson. Okay. Uh, Arizona Wildcats. What did you take? I was a finance major. Um, and eventually a real estate major. I, would, I doubled majored, and uh, I call myself the accidental, accidental real estate major. So uh, my, uh, in between my second and third year, I, I spoke with my um, uh, guidance counselor, and, and uh, he said, you know, if you want to take these two extra classes, you're also going to have a real estate major. So sure, I'll, I'll do it. Took my real estate classes, and uh, the end of one of my real estate classes, the um, professor said, you all now have enough hours to go get your real estate license. So I didn't even realize that that could happen. So I studied real quick and I went and got my real estate license while I was still in college. So, uh, and did you um, start practicing after you got no. your license? Uh, no, I, it was, uh, well, indirectly. So um, had my real estate license, was in a fraternity, came to my fraternity one day uh, at lunch and one of the guys, one of my fraternity brothers was wearing a, a tie and a jacket and I looked at him and I said, where are you going? You got, you got a funeral or something? And he said, no, I'm going to my internship at what was what is now called CBRE um, as a commercial real estate intern. I said, how can I do that? So he hooked me up with the guy and I, next thing you know, I was going there uh, three days a week as an intern. I see. And uh, so that was in Tucson? That was in Tucson, correct. Uh, but you didn't plan to stay in Tucson, no, Murphy. No. You knew that you're coming back to uh, Scottsdale. Correct. Yeah. I see. Um, and uh, during you mentioned something that we have to kind of uh, explore a little bit. You said that uh, you're a great kid during high school, A student, extracurricular, working hard, making a buck, and then you got to college and you found what's called parties. Yes. <laughs> yes. Can you elaborate about those things? <laughs> or those are things that you want to uh, uh, leave uh, some, some of, uncovered? Some of, the, <laughs> some of those things we'll, uh, we'll leave uncovered. But yes, it's uh, very, um, it can be very influential to get down there, join a fraternity, um, 
discover that parties start on Thursday <laughs> and uh, trying to figure out how to squeeze everything in those first few days of the week, um, late nights and things like that. I want to ask you about a fraternity and about the alumni uh, mm -hmm. that you guys um, very, f like the U.S. is known for its schools to have strong fraternities. Right. Strong, uh, right. Are you still friend with a few of your or some of your yes. alumni or fraternity Yes, many of brothers? them. Many of them. You know, it's uh, uh, both of my daughters I told first thing I told them they both uh, my my older daughter just graduated from University of Arizona my younger daughter is uh, just started her sophomore year and I told them under you know absolutely 100% that they needed to join a sorority uh, I think the relationships you build and the friendships you create will last a lifetime and and I'm proof positive some of my best friends um, that I still talk to today email with today <clears throat> travel with um, we're fraternity brothers, mm -hmm. and uh, the connections, um, you know, go all over the country. So, um, you know, we, before we go into uh, your business kind of experience and endeavor, uh, if I kind of we go go back and talk with some of those fraternity brothers and some of those uh, professors, and uh, we ask them, be honest with us, what do you think about John? Yeah, yeah. what do you think they will say? Well, the good thing is the professors, they're probably not alive anymore, so they wouldn't have much to say. Uh, but the, uh, well, I just want to make it clear that John said it. It's good that some people are not alive, no. but I didn't say it. Uh, but the, uh, I'm sure there's a few that are. But um, uh, my fraternity brothers, you know, um, probably I was a good friend, and uh, we, had, we had fun. We had a lot of fun. I uh, had some really, really uh, good, close friends there. Um, uh, you know, I, th I think one of the uh, successes that I learned early on uh, with my friendships was, um, you know, give everybody the attention. Um, and and uh, uh, when they are talking to you, make sure you're focusing on them. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and it helps create great relationships. So you mentioned that uh, Danny and, and Jesse yes. are uh, in, in sororities. Uh, Correct. And one of them graduated. Just graduated. Danny. Now. Uh, and uh, so what is the feedback you got? Like, it's it's been a while since your fraternity days right. to today, and it's different generation. Mm -hmm. What is the kind of feedback you got from them about their experience in the sororities? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, you know, you. I think things have changed over the years. I'm sure to a to a different degree, and they're they're much more regimented um, from where they were just big party central back then. But you know, from a sorority standpoint, I know that they've. Uh, it's still it's very organized. Um, they absolutely loved it. They've had great friends. My daughter took a job up here in uh, in Scottsdale, and one of her uh, best friends from college also took a job at the same place. So they're still close and. And uh, uh, it's, it's changed, but the connections, you know, now they can connect all summer long through Facebook and, and uh, you know, Instagram. And uh, back then, obviously, we couldn't do that. I see. Uh, you mentioned that your daughter got a job here. You didn't buy her a pack of, uh, like, four suitcases when she graduated? I, uh, my wife tried. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, she, uh, she actually got a job uh, with um, Yelp, which is a... Uh, large organization uh, based out of San Francisco. Okay, perfect. So uh, we have to take our first commercial break, John. Um, and uh, 
To our listeners, make sure to open a new tab and check www.levrose.com. Follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and connect with them on LinkedIn. Uh, check out their market research as well as their properties uh, that are listed on their uh, for sale uh, page. We will meet you here on the other side of the commercials. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back with our guest, Jonathan Rosenberg, Managing Partner um, and Designated Broker at Levrose Commercial Real Estate. Um, John, before we had to go to uh, the commercial break, you mentioned that you called yourself an accidental real estate guy. Yes. That was the, uh, I think that's the term Uh you used. So um, there wasn't someone that really influenced you except of that professor saying, yeah, why, why don't you take this course? You took this course just because it was an easy course and you wanted uh, to get high scoring? Well, <laughs> I'm sure that's part of where, where I started. Uh, you know, being in Arizona in the 80s, um, real estate obviously was a big topic that you would see and hear and you're watching all the homes going up. And um, So I knew what real estate was. I didn't really understand, you know, uh, the, how it worked. 
Um, but but you, you know to, to further that realistically as I was still a finance major and that was really my main focus so when I uh, my senior year I was offered uh, a position working for a finance company in California um, I actually flew out there uh, interviewed took the job and uh, came back but I wasn't supposed to start until September so I had a few months to kill back in in Scottsdale and uh, when I came back, uh, a bunch of my friends um, from college were going to Europe. Well, unfortunately, we, my parents couldn't afford to send me to Europe with them. But you made so much money working. Uh, so much hours, money. Yeah. I bar- barely, barely enough to pay. <laughs> I, I, paid, I had to pay for college, too. Oh, okay. So barely enough. But uh, uh, So they all went to Europe. So I remember my mother looking at me and saying, you're not sitting around for three months, so uh, you better go out and get a job. And uh, lo and behold, I found a position with a company that was looking for somebody that had a real estate license. So the, 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 the accidental is I went and took that position. It was a company that was a property management. Um, uh, it was, this was during the RTC days. So the Resolution Trust Corporation, which was taking back a lot. They were taking back a lot of properties. Uh, so they were busy managing properties, and they hired me. And uh, I was managing properties and leasing and trying to sell buildings. And I had a few months to decide if I was if I was going to continue with that or move to California. To California yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I decided I liked it better, the real estate better, and it was home. I uh, so oh, you were staying at home. Uh, at so, that point, I yeah. at that point I just I was about to well I had to make a decision California or get an apartment because there was no yeah. way I was staying at home. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents did buy you the suitcases. And, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so you came out of university and you go and work with this company and start your career in real estate. So, uh, how many years did you spend in in um, I would say in the corporate world and in other companies that you were kind of employed and. Share with us some of the experience you had over the years before starting Leverose. Well, actually, um, that was my one true job after college. Um, that company, it's a unique company because there were two sides of the company, two really two businesses. One was the, uh, the brokerage and property management business, which I was a property manager and, and then had to become a, a broker and do transactions. And the other side of the business was a... Uh, uh, really a consulting business that was consulting to multifamily um, uh, associations and um, property management firms and we were training leasing agents on-site uh, salespeople for at, at apartments on how to sell right so I was learning from that and I was actually training even though I'd never worked at a apartment complex and then on the other side I was a, a property manager um, I was a receiver quite uh, often, often. Um, for every type of property you can imagine from bowling alleys to office buildings to eight plexes to you know automotive uh, uh, facilities and uh, and then was selling as well so uh, so basically you gained a lot of experience in different real, uh, aspects of the real estate mar- uh, world it was really uh, about four years of drinking water from a fire hose. I mean, it was just unbelievable amount of information. So what makes you kind of think about or decide, okay, now it's the time to start my own company? You know, well, what made you do this yeah, mistake? Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> uh, I think the the mistake started um, what in in you know thinking uh, again goes back to my childhood. I was always trying to do something, and and I was always pretty creative and trying to figure something out. And I always felt that I had more 
uh, really inside me to, to, to do something different. And, um, you know, uh, by fortunate happenstance, while I was working um, for this company, my uh, future business partner, Bob Levine, happened to office in the same building, and he happened to own the building that we were tenants in. And he was a developer, and, uh, and he'd built several buildings and, and very well known in uh, the Scottsdale uh, marketplace and and we became friends and during that time I started uh, kind of venting to him that I was really wanting to get uh, go out on my own and and uh, and and to his credit I think he helped give me the courage to do it and we um, decided to partner up and and uh, venture off on uh, take a little office he had a little office down the street so I moved in there and we set up a couple folding tables and chairs and <laughs> off we went. I see. And, and that's, <coughs> we're going to kind of discuss now uh, Levros from, from start and, and, and up to today. Sure. Um, and, um, you know, you, you mentioned how you met, um, but one of the things I've, over the years of my experience is some partnerships are falling apart because of later on after you start a partnership, you find out that's not the guy I needed or that's not the person that was is the right. So um, wh what made you uh, made, uh, make that decision that Bob is the right uh, person to be your partner? Right, right. You know, it's interesting. You asked me earlier about, about family members that were um, entrepreneurs and the, the only, you know, my grandfather, uh, my mom's father was a, was a, a dress manufacturer in the garment district in New York in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And I always remember my mother telling me that he collected partners. He could never have a partner for very long because they would always fight and <laughs> and, uh, and and it didn't last. That's um, a great that's a great phrase. Yeah. Collecting partners. Yeah, I'll yeah. adopt that. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that he did, and and ultimately it was his on you know at later on years he he just could never you know when he retired he just you know kind of walked away from the business because of that. So, um, you know, I I think the the thing that I've learned is is you have to trust your business partner, um, and you have to really you know we went in as fifty fifty partners, and from that point on we never said that we would. Uh, worry about who did more, who did less, um, because over the years, it's really the you know it's the the, the scales tip both sides, and uh, you know we went through a lot of downtimes. We've been through a few recessions, and and uh, we were doing a lot of investment properties to keep us afloat, and and Bob really kind of headed that. Um, we did property management to keep us going, and and I kind of helped focus on that, and. And then, uh, you know, Bob's connections over the years and my connections have really helped us uh, kind of keep afloat. And then we would, you know, bring in some good people. So um, you just mentioned that the, uh, the real estate world, like every other industry, has its ups and downs and it's a cyclical world. And, you know, partnerships has its ups and downs. And what you said about trust is you have to be very strong as a person, as a character, both of you, mm -hmm. to... Uh, stay and focus on, you know, one year I'll make more, uh, one year you'll make more. But along the way, were there nights that were, you were kind of in your bed with your eyes open and thinking, oh, I've done way more, I should talk with Bob, or maybe Bob had the same thoughts? Of course. I mean, that that's that's natural, but, um, you know, you... you you look at the big picture and you know one of the things that and I use this analogy a lot within the office and I use it for, and really myself it's it's a marathon and uh, you know I think the businesses that do 
uh, fail or struggle are the ones where somebody's ego gets just a little too big and, and doesn't keep it in check. So we, um, you know, we've always tried to stay grounded with that. Did you guys sign a prenup? <laughs> well, what I, what I mean by that, I, I was joking, but yeah. what I mean is, do you have a, United, a USA, a unanimous shareholder agreement? Because it's, we all are very happy when we go through, when we walk the aisle. Right, right. It's when the, when the divorce happens that all the, Correct. excuse my Correct. French, yeah. shit comes out. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, you know, when we started the business, and it's been 25 years now, um, we didn't sign anything because there was nothing to sign and we didn't right. anticipate you know we, we did a business plan on one sheet of paper and you know surpassed that business plan relatively quickly but um, so you know you don't don't really have that um, you know there's buy sell agreements over the years that we put in place that were really more related to our state planning mm -hmm. um, that we've put you know mostly into place but you know quite frankly I mean we're you know we own a lot of real estate together we own businesses together I mean it's uh, it's as complicated as any marriage I'm sure and it's been a good marriage so far it's been it's been great <laughs> yeah um, so one one last question about the partnership so you know, in every uh, company, in every partnership, in everything you do in life, you are sometimes you have disputes, arguments. How do you solve disputes? Because you're 50-50 humans. How do you? What is the decision-making uh, process if you have to make a big decision? You know, I, I think um, the the decision process in most cases is what we found is logic usually wins. Um, Who's logic? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. We're both well uh, would would think that, but yeah, yeah you know, there's there's really not. Uh, look, I've made plenty of mistakes, and we make plenty of wrong decisions and plenty of wrong turns, and um, you know, like in, uh, in in baseball, if you if you have three out of ten, uh, you're 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 in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, you know, our goal is to try to make the right decisions, and, and we've, we've tried to do that. In the last few years, uh, we really changed the firm as a result. So we have more partners now, so they actually, you know, weigh in on, on some of the decisions, and, uh, and, and, and in a large part, we'll trust our, uh, you know, our experience to, to help, you know, guide the ship. I like your analogy about three out of ten in baseball because the other the baseball guys, when they miss seven out of ten, they still get paid. That's if you right. miss seven, if you miss seven out of ten, you're out of business. We're out of business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, when you started uh, the company, you mentioned that uh, you had a one-page uh, business plan. Mm -hmm. At that time, did you think about mission, vision, purpose? Absolutely not. Didn't even know what those meant. You know, <laughs> uh, vision I thought was my eyesight. I like your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I did did not know that um, what that meant, and really, um, really didn't understand the the significance of uh, uh, vision. Um, uh, core values uh, until I, I became uh, involved in uh, entrepreneurs organization and started learning from uh, my peers. You so know. The, the business plan was this is how much money we need to do this year to make this year to make right, it work. Right, right. This is how much money I need yep. to pay the bills and yep. pay mortgage and, uh, and 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 that was the business plan. Yeah, it was a great business plan. And and I, and, and did you kind of uh, you know let's talk about a business plan because I I, I think that's a key uh, for every business today to have a business plan. Did you kind of you know build it down from the top or from the bottom up? Meaning, 
did you say I need five meetings a week to get three deals done and this is how much money I make or this is how much money I need and let's build it to the ground, traditionally, how, many, how many meetings I need to have a week. Right. So traditionally, you should do it the way you just said. You should start with what are my goals and then work backwards from there. Um, and that's how we've done it, you know, uh, it, you know, since that initial business plan. I would say at that initial business plan, we kind of just threw out some ideas and put it on paper. Um, this is what we'd like to do. We'd like to have a certain number of listings. We'd like to own a certain number of properties. We'd like, so we kind of were very... Uh, general, um, but in doing that, I, I can't say that we gave enough forethought, um, which you should do, and really say, okay, I want to make, you know, pick a number and then work backwards from that number as to how you'll get there and how many calls you need to make and how many meetings you need to set up. And, and that's really what we try to work with our uh, brokers today um, in uh, creating their uh, vision and what they want to do and how to work backwards from there. You mentioned that once you joined EO, mm -hmm. Entrepreneur Organization, you learned about the importance of having a mission, vision, uh, purpose for the company, uh, those, all those statements. Do you have them today as we, a company? We do. We are, you know, we, uh, we focused on our uh, uh, vision and core values a few years ago. And uh, really, um, while we had it, we, we, we formalized it. And we, we sat down several years ago where we, who is we? Is, we was okay. it the whole company, or no. would you, you choose a few people? Exactly. So you, you choose a few what you call key players that are involved in the uh, that have been with with the team, um, and then you uh, bring in a facilitator, and we had a facilitator help us do that. And it's a it's a couple day process, um, and a lot of it is they kind of look at the the leader of the organization and define that person, and then look to that individual, and then kind of come up with. Um, what everybody feels are the right um, uh, values that that we'll use to guide the company. Uh, great, thanks. Uh, we reached the second commercial break. Uh, time flies here. Uh, once again, open a new tab, and this time check uh, www.modecommercial.com. Again, like them on Facebook and connect with them on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, check out their services and their and the uh, experience they have as a team. Uh, and we will be back here in a few minutes after the next commercial break. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, 
self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back for the home stretch of our show, Taking Care of Business, with our guest, Jonathan Rosenberg, uh, co-founder of uh, Levros Commercial Real Estate. Um, John, before we uh, went to the commercial, you mentioned that now uh, you have uh, a few more partners, not just Bob. Um, is this part of succession plan, retirement? Um, is this part of retention? What? Why would you add more partners? You know, I, I think all of the above. Um, uh, you know, part of the part of the growth um, of our of our business is to uh, really allow others to be part of it. Um, people like uh, well, uh, Jeff Turbo, who you've who you've met in my office, has been with us for I think 14, 15 years, and um, really has has been uh, an integral part of our growth over the, over the over those years. And uh, so we uh, wanted to not only reward that. Um, and it is retention, um, but to allow him to become an owner uh, in the company allows us to continue to grow the company. Um, and uh, we've since that time, uh, a few other uh, of our top brokers, uh, Zach Kotler, Michael Waxman, uh, Matt Leonard, Kelly O'Day, they've been uh, uh, really great um, additions to the to the firm over the years and have have created uh, tremendous value. So, so um, that's a recent addition. Yeah, that we started that uh, 2015. I see. And in 2006, when you launched Mode, you already had a third partner, right? So you, you had Bob, you, and then you had Patty, right? At when we started Mode. It, mode was actually we were managing kind of by accident it, within Levros. So everything in your life is by. Accident. It's pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> it's my. <laughs> there's a recurring theme. Yeah, I'll drive. Today. <laughs> I'm going to drive. That's a today. good. It's a good idea. Um, yeah. So Patty, I knew Patty, and uh, we were uh, starting to see some potential growth in property management, and we had to make a decision that if we were going to grow it, um, you know, you really need to have somebody that, that helps focus on that growth. And uh, I knew Patty, and we sat down and, and uh, basically worked out a, a deal to make her a partner, and there's another successful partnership. So that's my question. The, the decision to add, um, you mentioned Jeff and Mark and Zach and a few other names that I don't remember all of them, I apologize, but the decision to add them came as a result of a good partnership on the mode side, or it has nothing to do with, it, with the other? The decision to bring on Patty partners, as a partner? No, to, to bring partners also to the Leveros side. Um, yeah, I think so. I think um, really a combination. I, 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 I can't really uh, 
direct it back to that, but I think what, what I've learned over time is that the ability for us to focus is going to really get more team members that are able to help focus with you and be on board and, and, and share in our vision. And uh, Patty uh, was was that person for uh, the property management, and she, when she joined us, we've you know, uh, from that time she's helped uh, facilitate really tripling our growth um, on the property management side. Um, going back to uh, you said that you have learned uh, the importance of uh, core values and mission vision uh, when you joined EO. Mm -hmm. uh, just roughly when was it? How many years ago? Uh, it's been about more or less seven or eight years seven or eight years mm -hmm. ago. Um, since our program our taking care of business is also kind of almost an advisory to new entrepreneurs how important do you think it is for an entrepreneur to join whether it's Vistage or EO or any other organization that is out there I didn't realize it at the time and I'd heard about for example Vistage um, I had friends that tried to get me to join that and once I joined um, it was enlightening and to the point that I, I think most entrepreneurs are feel like they're alone and are working on their own and don't have anybody to lean on and what I found in an organization like this was not only are we not alone but we all have the same problems it doesn't matter what industry we're in this the the issues that we run into are similar so I couldn't uh, give enough credit to what these types of organizations can do for you and have done for me not only professionally but personally. Can you give some one or two examples on what you've learned over the uh, seven or eight years outside of the mission or the importance of core values? Sure, sure. I mean, I think leadership skills are, are a big, big part of it. You know, you learn how to, because you're, an example is last year I was, in, my role within the organization we have, we break up into what we call forums, was the moderator of my forum. So I had to lead leaders. So I have 11 other, you know, CEOs basically that I'm trying to work with and, and lead. So that's a, you know, that's a skill in itself that, that you kind of have to uh, acquire. But, but the other thing that, um, you know, that, I, that I've learned um, and, and that I've gotten from that, are, you know, it could be anything from guidance on how uh, we're dealing with healthcare issues or how we're dealing with hiring or, or partnership issues. Um, so, you know, uh, the whole partnership structure um, that, that we're doing, and I mentioned the facilitation of the core values, right. uh, this was, was assisted by a gentleman that I met through EO. And uh, it's really, it gives me just such a wide reach. I can pick up the phone right now and call some of the top leaders in, in Arizona and some, some in, the, in, the, in the world and reach out to them and ask them questions. Um, did you kind of work also with a business coach or, or just with EO over the years? I, I never had a business coach. Um, you know, I've always been a, a reader. I read a lot of business books, mm -hmm. um, you know, from the E-Myth to uh, Good to Great to How to Win Friends and Influence People. I mean, some of the all-time <laughs> classic books. And uh, to this day, I'm still reading. Uh, I guess you did a Dale Carnegie course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every, everyone has. Uh, I, I have another question to ask you again as, as kind of an experienced 
accidental entrepreneur or serial entrepreneur, whichever you want to be called, um, when you have to make a decision, and, and part of entrepreneurial life is making decision, constant decision all the time. Some of them are more important, some of them are less important. Some of them have big financial influence, some less. But how do you make your decision? Is it gut? Is it brain? Um, do you have to cross all the T's and dot all the I's? Or you have enough information that you say, I don't need more information, I can make the decision based on my gut and this, as much information as I have by now, right yeah. now. I, th I think over the years you change. I think initially it becomes, you know, analyze and analyze and analyze and make sure you're trying to make the right decision. And then experience kicks in. And then from the experience, it gives you a little bit more uh, the gut, so to speak, um, is really uh, based on experience in some, in, in, in many cases, and and I think the older uh, I get and the more involved, I think there has to be a little bit of, you know, what's the worst that can happen, and you just kind of go with that, and uh, you know, between all of those, uh, for the most part, you 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 hope, hopefully make the right decisions, and if you don't, you figure out how to fix it. Um. When we started the show, I kind of mentioned your credentials and your affiliation and how important is it for an entrepreneur, the guy, and because we all, the entrepreneurs basically, we, one of our biggest challenges is to compete with the big whales that have more money than us and, and, and you know, make decisions usually not where we live, uh, but they have the, the ability to, you know, spend more money than us. So. How does community involvement help you grow your business? Yeah. You, you, for, for several reasons. Um, you, you mentioned that, you know, the big whales, and we are. We're swimming with them. I mean, we're in, in Phoenix, Arizona with the largest firms in the world, and uh, we're going on our 25th year. So why have we been able to do that? And I think it's, it is. It's surrounding, first of all, it's surrounding ourselves with great people, and we do. We have great people. Uh, you've met several of of them that have been uh, extremely influential and helpful um, and loyal. Uh, you know, Darlene in my office been with us for 18 years, um, and then could all the way to Carrie, who you uh, now know, um, and and they work e extremely hard. But what I think what I think's happened over the years um, with us is, yeah, you just kind of focus on. Um, you know, surrounding yourselves with the right people and, uh, and and networking yourself, not just by yourself, but with other organizations that are kind of a give back. And what I found with the organizations that I've been involved with is the the growth has been not just on on uh, business relationships, but on friendships. And you you learn from these people, and you learn they they learn that you're part of this community. Um, going to school in Tucson helped. Um, I went to high school here helped. Um, so being from Arizona obviously helped tremendously. But being part of other organizations and and growing your network. But it's not just being in, involved in the organizations. It's being extra involved, being Act on the board, active. active in the organizations. You can join. Uh, organizations, but if you're not on the board, yeah, don't and, send a check. Yeah, once exactly, a year. <laughs> exactly. So then, then don't waste your time because all you're doing is spending money. Yeah. So you have to kind of give, and you have to, you know, uh, g you know, get something back from it. Um, in entrepreneurs organization, they call it carry your own bags, and that's a big part of what you have to do. If you want, you get what you you get what you put in. 
I see. Um, Going back to uh, what you talked about, uh, having great people in your office. So you guys, when you look to hire, is is it the character that you're looking or the professional accolades they bring with them? You know, one of when we sit down and we talk about core values, and we um, a lot of times we'll talk about uh, we talk about their character and we talk about their skills, and uh, and really their values and their skills. And I and and when we bring people on, I actually sit down with them and I actually show them on a on a graph. I said, we've got values up here, we've got skills over here. Um, where do you get your values? And people get their values from you know their home, their family, their upbringing. Um, and the skills are learned. So we hire based on values. We, we always feel that you can teach the skills, but you can't teach necessarily the values of a person and where they come from. So, so we're all, you know, our, it, it, it's very important. It's important to the culture of the business, mm-hmm. and it's important to, to, to have the right people um, with you. So we're now in 2017. Where do you see Lev Rosenmode in 2022 and 2027? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, there, there's you know, there's a lot of analogies how the. I'm the, sure that some people that work with you are listening right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot of analogies from the zero to a million dollar business takes a long time. One to two is quicker, and so on. I, I feel like we've kind of the snowball gets bigger and it and it moves quicker and faster. And I feel like we're. Uh, you know, we're in the midst of a res- renovation of our office. We're growing. We're adding people. We just added a, uh, a sales director, um, which we've never had before. Uh, on the brokerage firm, we add uh, added a director of operations for the property management firm. So I think, um, you know, we're, what we're doing and where our vision is um, with our growth is we're going to be, uh, you know, not only larger but but uh, more impactful Um uh, and much stronger firms, and I, I, th- I think that we'll, you know, our, our, our focus, and we're going to be probably the largest, you know, local brokerage firms and, and property management, and that's uh, where we're headed. So, um, wh- what keeps you awake at night these days when you are going through Renault's and Gorth and? <laughs> and don't tell it, me your wife when she comes back from right, the right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes, that too. Um, you know, a lot of things keep you awake. Um, you know, I think I think one, someone once told me that being an entrepreneur is being the captain of the ship and and steering the ship while everyone else is sleeping. <laughs> and and I think that that's what I sometimes do. I wake up and I think about this issue or that issue or this problem or that problem while everybody else is, you know, sleeping, um, knowing that I'm taking care of it. And uh, so, yeah, you know, there's there's odds and ends that, that do that. And it could be, uh, you know, the, the one thing that, that we've tried to always focus on is in business is we'll always try to do the right thing. And if you always try to do the right thing, then you're at least not losing sleep based on on that. Um, you know, because your 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 gut will tell you the right way to to do it, and and the the right people will do it. So the things that keep you up sometimes maybe a deal going sideways, or uh, an employee issue, or uh, a business issue that you can't necessarily control. I see. Um, we're kind of nearing the end of the show, so we have a few more questions, and I have a few more questions that I would like to chat with you about and, and learn from your experience. Okay. Uh, Twenty five years as an entrepreneur, you gained a lot of experience. So if you had today to sit as a mentor uh, to a new person, to a person that wants to start his new uh, venture, um, from 
Can you mention one or two mistakes that you think you made along the way and you recommend don't do don't go this way or don't do it this way? Yeah, I think I mean I've made plenty of mistakes, believe me, <laughs> and I'm still making them, but um, you know, I I I think typical entrepreneurs will try to do everything. And um one of the one of the things that I've tried to do is is do a little bit of everything and not and and really I have to learn when to say no and I've I've I tell some younger entrepreneurs and I actually mentor some and I tell them you know you need to learn when to say no and you need to learn when you can't be everything to everybody um, you cannot in a sales organization and there's I've seen speakers on this you cannot be the owner uh, the sales manager and a salesperson effectively because then you're really doing a few part-time jobs so you have to hire the right people to run that piece for you which is why we now have sales director and, and operations manager um, to help facilitate that so I think that's probably is learning when to back off and not try to do everything I see um, and um, what is the one big thing you learned about yourself during this journey? Boy, the one big thing that I've learned about myself, probably I'm, I'm stronger than I thought I was. You know, I had uh, thicker skin than I thought I did. And, uh, you know, you can take a lot on. And, and if you just keep your attitude proper through, like I said, multiple downturns, recessions, uh, times that... Most of our competitors went out of business. We mm -hmm. just kind of kept, you know, plugging along and figuring out a way to. There's always a way to figure it out, and uh, we've just, you know. And again, I think the biggest part is, is we've got an unbelievable team of of people around us, and we've been very lucky. And if you have the right team around you, then everyone will chip in and mm -hmm. support. Great. Um, so I asked you um, earlier, and we'd like to finish on a positive note so I asked you earlier about uh, what kind of mistakes or advice you give not to do what is the one big advice positive advice that you'll give a new entrepreneur do it this way go this way uh, one of the things I, I won't do is say you have to do you know you have to do what your gut tells you um, uh, but I will always tell people do the right thing and great movie yeah, <laughs> and if you do, if you, if you, if you know, there's a lot of easy ways to get places, and I think a lot of people think there's a lot of shortcuts. There's no shortcuts, and you gotta work hard, and you gotta put in the time each day, and make the, you know, not necessarily always the right decisions because you're not always gonna make the right decision, but, but um, try to do the right thing. Try to do the, the, the again, the thing that's gonna let you sleep a little bit better at night. And you know, doing right by others, walking away from something if it's not, if it doesn't feel good, and uh, just always try to you know keep keep doing the right thing. And if, and if you do, people will trust you and and realize that that's who they want to do business with. I love your comment about there are no shortcuts. There is a phrase in Hebrew that says shortcuts are written in blood. There you go. Yeah, it's true. Um, John. Um, Really, I want to thank you. Uh, we re sorry, I, but we reached the end of our show today. Oh, and, uh, let's do another hour. Yeah, taking care of business. <laughs> you mentioned that uh, you, uh, you, know, you talk about problems, and if you want to talk about your problems, we can do it off air after we're done. Thank so, you, uh, thank I, you. I'm here for you. <laughs> uh, again, I would like to thank my guest, uh, Jonathan Rosenberg, co-founder of Levros Commercial Real Estate and Mode Commercial uh, Property Management in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
As always, uh, I would like to thank our audience acro across the globe. Uh, next week, we will be back uh, broadcasting from Calgary, Alberta, uh, with, new guest, with a new guest and new stories and different experiences. As always, thank you, Aaron Keller, for uh, my engineer for the last well, three months, and uh, which I finally met in person while I was here. Uh, by the way, I'm going to talk with management here about the coffee. If they <laughs> want me to come here again, the level of coffee has really has to go up significantly. Uh, thank you, Cassandra, back home, uh, my production assistant. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like us on Facebook, and connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to hear back from you. Uh, please email me at dvwallock at gmail.com. Again, dvwallock at gmail.com. Uh, thank you all for joining. I'll meet you here at voiceamerica.com slash variety next Tuesday, August 22nd, with a new guest and new stories, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, and 8 a.m. Mountain Time. Your host, David Wallach. Thank you for listening to Taking Care of Business. Please join David Wallach again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, make your week as great as you want it.